0: Before we get started, I'd just like to say that this podcast does come with a language warning. It does contain strong language.
1: I carry, basically carrying grief from like within two months of him being born all the way to two and a half years old. Right. And I finally was like, holy shit, I'm like really struggling. That's Chris. And that's this week's dad.
0: This is Life with and Moore, the podcast. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in today. Every two weeks, I talk to dads with children who need a little bit more help, whether it be special needs, disabilities, rare disease, or extra needs. Some dads can feel very alone in this journey, like I did for 11 years putting this podcast together and getting it out there to those I hope who need it has only been possible with the support of Chunko, my amazing and supportive rock star wife, Joshua, who made the beautiful music for the show on his iPad. And of course, Jamie. If it wasn't for Jamie, this would not even be here. And you would probably be listening to something else, another podcast. So, Thank you, Jamie, for doing this and thank you for allowing me to help myself, which allows me to help others.
1: Okay. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. It's, pro- right. it's a p- privilege, and uh, you know, a little nervous, but uh, excited to share my journey. Yeah, man. <clears throat> well, I'm looking forward to this. And we spoke uh, was it last week?
0: Last week we spoke. Yeah, talked, didn't yeah, we? last week. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was, I was like walking uh, along the road, and we were talking away, and we were like, I kind of felt like it was almost like we I was having a a conversation that i would do kind of on the podcast and i was i kind of I, I wanted to go deeper but i'm like man like i gotta i need to i need to do this in in the podcast because also it's just not going to happen uh really properly how how it um how it needs to happen um right touring kind of you know sitting down in a quiet environment and um and all that so i am really excited um chris to hear your journey as to yeah, as being dad and, and all this. So maybe um, you can give us a bit of an intro as to uh, why you're here and uh, how you became dad.
1: Yeah. So um, again, yeah, Chris. um, So we got three kids. um, And uh, it's, you know, in in all honesty, it's like, that's what I've wanted to be my whole life. Like, I've been around kids, my mom was a midwife growing up and so i was you know i I remember my first memory is watching my little sister being born so i i've been i've been invested in children my whole life um wow so uh i met my wife in high school uh and you know right away we knew it was pretty pretty obvious that we felt like we were going to get married and then Sounds
0: like uh, a childhood sweetheart, kind of.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh we met 17 years old, I think. Yeah, both of us <sighs> 17. Yeah. Really young. Um and uh yeah, we uh we continued our, our dating relationship, passed and through high, high school into college, and then uh soon after I gra- actually the day I graduated was our wedding day. So
0: wow. It
1: just worked out really nice. Um but yeah, we uh we we started having kids, and, um, and then we ended up with our, our our Logan, our our miracle baby. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where what's led me to where I am now as a dadvocate, advocate, as they say. A dadvocate. advocate. Um, yeah.
0: Can you? That, that's a great point to kind of maybe we can start on that because, um, what what exactly is that? What exactly is a dadvocate? advocate? Can you kind of enlighten us to that?
1: Yeah. So the term advocate is actually i i feel like it's a result of the fact that dads are so often not a part of the advocacy world i i, m- I remember when the the first few um people that are and i was introduced to were all females it was like it was like one after the next after the next and so especially within the Noonan syndrome community we have some like mm-hmm. really good matriarchs and so i feel like the word basically comes out of the fact that like it's a rarity and so it's almost like given a, a special terminology because mm. advocacy is like across the board um but um for for us dads I feel like it was like okay hey like these are these are guys who are doing something outside the normal mm. um and really uh, putting their vulnerability out there and just uh raising awareness for you know for me specifically for my son but just yeah. in general um so many avenues so that's an interesting thing
0: because I think um, kind of starting off with this, um, how did you like? Where, how did you kind of get to that point of being a dad advocate? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So because, <laughs> that's a tricky place to be for some dads. Yeah, some dads yeah. can't can't even uh, uh, not uh, uh, don't know where to kind of put themselves don't know uh where they are um in their world as a as a as a dad of a child or children that have extra needs and special needs
1: yeah um i think like for you i'm for you i mean when you had your son it's like you get these mindsets of like beforehand right like it's like you create this world um that you're assuming that you're going to go into and um I feel like there's a strong identity. Specifically, I know for me, for having a son, it's like you put a lot of your identity into your children, um, and so when it doesn't fit that mold, it kind of just is like, oh, like what what's going on, and how do I how do I handle that emotional side? I don't. Mm-hmm. Was that similar for what you went through?
0: It's an, uh, that's a a good question. Um, I think I don't think I was able to tackle that kind of side of it. Um I think I was just like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And so I was just, okay, I'm going to try and do, like, what I can do, what I think is what Dad does. Yeah. Um... And then I, so I, I think I I, like for, for perhaps like the first kind of four years, five years is that I, I think I was kind of like doing okay, maybe. I think I was kind of, I was suppressing a shit load of, of, um, grief, uh, and, and trauma for but for those for those of suppressing it i didn't know didn't know i had it as well yeah and then um that turned into just throwing myself into work
1: mm mm-hmm. yeah. yeah Um. avoidance just, is a good
0: oh it's it's it is i think it's we i didn't even know right i didn't even yeah. know that i was actually I had it inside. I didn't know that I was avoiding it. It was only when I hit the wall, um, really, I, when I, in 2019, when I um, burnt myself out and was in an ambulance, that from that point, I was able to pull the, I use the analogy of like a, a puzzle, Going to pull the puzzle away from the tip of my nose, so I can actually see how my world was. Yeah, right. And I was like, okay. And then, as I did that, is then I was able to be like, okay, I got it. I like, I had a lot to deal with. I wasn't, I wasn't dealing with a lot. I didn't realize I had a lot of this um, grief and trauma. And and that. That's just, that's just my story. Like, but I, and I, and I, and then I kind of felt, but leading up to that, I also felt very alone and kind of where I was. Right. I wonder, did you have that, like, that feeling of I'm a, I'm a dad and this, and you, you said before, like being a dad advocate, like, is that, um, you are a minority. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: So, how how did you how did you navigate through that? Yeah, so I I would say it was a similar we. So we had Logan, and it's funny I could like, in like I knew something didn't look a hundred percent right. Like there was like some facial features when he was born that I was like, hmm, that's that's a little like he something looks different, but I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. Um. And then while we were still in the hospital, um, he got like a random infection and like was just sick that day. So, you know, it was just like, OK, well, hopefully you'll get better. And we got out of the hospital like two days later than we should have. But I, literally, I was just thinking like, OK, like, you know, this is what it is. And then then mm-hmm. um, he was sick, like constantly. He mm-hmm. would sleep like 20 hours a day. Um perpetually was like getting some kind of infection or cold or battling a cough. And it was just like, you're sitting there like, okay, something's going on. And like, we just, you know, appointment after appointment, we'd see doctors and you just kind of do, we do emergency room visits. And so really it's like the first couple of months, it was like, you're just like, oh, this is like a crazy like circumstance, right? So you Mm. just, you just go, you go with it. You assume, okay, it'll get better. Something will change. And then um, we we went in to the ER, he was like, he wasn't breathing, he was like turning blue and which happened a lot. He threw up a lot. So it's just like, okay, like, this is just another visit. And um, our doctor, she was like, pressing on his stomach. And she was like, you know, I, I feel like I like his spleen might be swollen. So you're like, okay, shit, like, what, what does that even mean? Like, you know, you're yeah, not a okay, doctor. Right. Like, yeah. you're just like, exactly. thanks. Like, it doesn't sound just, good. So, like, yeah, it's not so... good, but, um, so she sent, she actually sent us She amazing doctor. Like, we love her. Uh, so she sent us to the ER because it was a Saturday and she was like, listen, tell him this. And, uh, we were sitting in a chair together and, um, they had done a bunch of blood tests. He still had a, he had a white, high white count. And so they're like, oh, he's got an infection most likely. Um, and, I I, like we were sitting there and uh, three doctors came in and he monken oncology and you're like, oh, well, shit, I know what oncology means. Mm. Um, So his diagnosis like was we we figure out Noonan syndrome around like five, four months, five months, um, which that was like getting thrown into a a bloodbath of like too much information and then a cancer diagnosis within a couple of months of that um so it was like I think the first two years of his life it was just survival I like um just put my head down uh I felt like there was like a big responsibility as dad like the same way you Mm -hmm. said like it's like I need to do what dad does in this this family like he needs to be steady he needs to be headstrong and you know confident in that things are going to go well and I just went to work did my job you know, came home, loved on them, Mm. um, went to appointments and basically, you know, you get like lumped into this world that you're like, I don't want to be here. Like, this is, Mm. this is horrible. Um, And then it was, we, it was really when he got his, all his cancer was gone. Um, So benefit with Noonan syndrome is the type of uh, juvenile leukemia he has. For some reason, you don't need chemo um okay. A lot of times, like right. their bodies, like whatever the G mutation is within Noonan syndrome, also works to help to cure the juvenile leukemia or like syndrome.
0: Right.
1: And so <laughs> it it doesn't make you feel any better when you're looking at your kid and you can tell he's sick and battling. But oh. we it was like a waiting game. God. So when when he got his all clear, is like the first time I was like, holy shit, I've been carrying. So much grief, pain, depression, trauma, and literally just like, I was stuffing it as deep as I could. And I, I so remember you like, could, this... you, you were able to actually, like you, you could pick it up yourself and be like, I, what, what I'm trying to, what, what I'm trying I, to do? I only picked it up. I think I knew, I knew I was grieving. I knew I had a, like, a, so I, I would tend to be someone who tries to, I'm like self-reliant in my grief. Um, so I'll, I'll stay quiet and I'll grieve internally when something's going wrong, but this was different. This was like so much deeper than I'd ever experienced. I don't think I realized how bad it was until like, I cried for like hours. Like it just was like, it all came out all at once and it was horrific. Okay. So basically like how how many years in was that? That was like about two, that was probably two and a half years into his birth. Right. So I carry basically carrying grief from like within two months of him being born all the way to two and a half years old. Right. And I finally was like, "Holy shit! I'm like really struggling." <laughs> wow. Good on you, man, for like,
0: for realizing and being like aware of that, because I think that that the reflect self reflection of that is the first step, right? Right. And then then becomes the next step of what do I do? What do I actually do with this? Um, Because sometimes we just don't know, we don't know how to kind of move forward from that point of, I've got this grief, I've got this trauma from, you know, like that I just shoved down, pushed it down. And Because as dads, we don't, we typically don't talk about it. Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. Because it's, um, I was, I was, it's, I was actually listening, uh, to a a podcast the other day. Um, and it was talking about kind of suppression of, um, uh, kind of anger and, and all these kind of things. And, and anyway, and I kind of, um, I, I was thinking back to my childhood, thinking back to like how um, anger was kind of replicated in as I was growing up,
1: right? Oh, like within the household. Within the house, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I just don't remember it. I just don't have any – I feel that anger was – and within like my parents uh, didn't show a lot, which I'm – which. Which like sounds amazing, because I know it's, it can be really different for a lot of different for for it can it can oh, go yeah. the other side right it can be really physical, yep. and really yep. verbal, and I and mine was not mine was on way on the other side of t- like total suppression I feel, and I don't, yeah. bl- I don't I'm not blaming my parents on this this is just Reality. kind of early analysis of it right, yep. and I wonder. I was thinking this the other day. I wonder whether, because that was replicated towards me, is that I, that was how I had for the uh, first kind of couple of years of Jeremy being around, is that I had all this stress and anxiety and, and, um, uh, grief and, and trauma that had gone on with, with me, his, him uh, being born and the operations and all that kind of stuff. And, but I just didn't know how to kind of express any of it. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's on me. That's 100% on me. But I it was, it was, you were two and a half years in.
1: And yeah, like I, I think that's tough. I think it's like saying it's on you. It's like we make we have to there's there becomes a point where we become responsible for our own actions and our mm-hmm. own, you know, um behavior, right? But like we are we are strongly products of the way we are raised. So yeah. um for us, like grief in our family was so I'm one of nine nine kids. Um the first seven were from my mom, um and she passed when I was twelve. Right. And so seven siblings, all, all really close in age. um, But like the whole circumstance behind it was traumatic. And then like, it was, it was like, you, you hold your grief and you, you manage your grief on your own. And it wasn't Mm. something that was said. It was just like, you know, I remember my dad saying like, growing up, like boys don't cry, you know, like Mm, those kind of like tropes of malehood. um, Patriarchy kind of yeah yeah like yeah pull yourself up by the bootstraps you'll be fine
0: yeah
1: um and then with my siblings it was like i i would consider myself a really strong empath and so i could perceive when my siblings were really hurting um but we were so quiet about it it was like a trained behavior like you know deal with your stuff Mm -hmm. you know as you need to deal with it that i i wouldn't even bother or try to approach them because it's like it's you know you've you've got this shared grief and shared grief is a weird i don't know if you've dealt with this with like um being married but like share having a shared grief it's not always the best person to to go to when you're mm. when you're in a, a rough spot because it's like you've got this other person who's got the same emotional trauma that you're dealing with yeah, that yeah. maybe they're doing really well and you're like oh, well i don't want to be the one who brings us all crashing down
0: right right yeah it's interesting I actually haven't thought about I haven't really thought about that actually um so was was that for you what what did that did that, did that play out for you with your you and your wife or how, yeah yeah right I,
1: I would say I would say hundred percent um we um so she like all most of our relationship I've been a pretty I'm like a pretty even keeled person. Like there, there was never much ups and downs like emotionally because I internally bottled it all up. So like mm. the projection of what you see on the outside of me is usually like everybody always says like, oh, Chris, he's like, but he's such a happy, like go lucky, like carefree person. Like, and that was like, you know, my whole life. I just projected that, you know, yeah. but it's like literally, you know, you're, you're battling battles on the inside that nobody can see. Yeah. Um, And so for my wife it was like i was always that like steadfast like steady rock um and i felt i had to keep that role even when i was like i was just like cooked i like i had nothing in me there was Mm. there was nights i just you know you just sit there laying in bed and you're like i like i don't even know how to how to step one more step like Mm. i i don't know if i'll make um and i think yeah go ahead is it that kind of feeling
0: there is is that a feeling where you feel like you're? I'm just trying to like put it into words to kind of help understand this because I is it where you feel that you are just you're just a body and your head is literally just walking your body around?
1: Oh yeah, kind oh, of my like gosh, in, yeah. a, Is it like yeah, yeah, yeah? That that's a good that's a good analogy. It's like you, you're, you're just not really operating,
0: just operating. You're not really.
1: You're not emotion-
0: living your life not living your life you're not kind of emotionally engaging because you're too busy just trying to move your body from a to b yeah yeah and yeah and, and do and the reason i say that the reason i say that chris is because i felt like that in the last two days <laughs> um oh. and i've 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 had the feeling before but the, uh, like and i'm like this again mustn't be a very unusual um situation for people this again this this has got to happen with people others out there but again we just don't really talk about it right but it's just um, like every getting to the situation like there's a whole lot of things that lead up to it right um but, but we'll come back to. I want to come back to that because um, I feel like we're kind of we're we're we're, we're jumping so far in here, um, which is which is really good and I and I and I love it because sometimes I get to the end of our talks when it all starts to go much deeper, and I feel that like that's when you know we start to be really honest about um, how it is for us and and the struggles that we've had and that we continue to have. Yeah. Um. As dads, with us, because the 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 feeling of being um, alone as uh, as a dad in this is very real, and that's not like, like I I want to make this very kind of clear is that we feel alone as as a dad because um, it is not because of our wives, it is because of the. Of the socialisation and society that we find ourselves in, that um, has typically kind of just become that less visible um, in 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 our arena. Yeah, I feel. Um, So I want to ask you a question. Um, When, like. When was the kind of the last time that you you felt that you were like, um, you felt, felt alone as, as, as a dad, as a kind of a man and, and, and traveling through the challenges that you have. When did you, when did you last feel that you were, you felt
1: alone? Now that's yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it's like, uh, I'll, I'll feel it. I'll feel it pretty regularly. Um, mm. and it's not like it, it's not always the same I wouldn't say mm. it's I think for me it's more like that I think that ties into some like insecurities depression stuff that I've had mm. in my whole life so it's tough to like identify and pinpoint like it, which one is causing the other yeah um but I think for the most part it's like I pretty regularly like will um because I'm such a I'm very quiet I'm very like purposeful about who and what I share mm. um so I think the the deep deep alone was probably probably like a year ago was mm. the last time I felt like just like totally um totally shot totally just like absolutely depressed and like felt like you know I, what where am I like what is mm. what is my life what is my purpose like
0: mm.
1: that was probably about a year ago was the last time I felt that um and I think for me, what I realized, so part of why I started advocating was um, uh, there's a mom, Elizabeth Parker, um, whose son is Ezra, who, who's literally got, like, we call the Logan and Ezra twins. Right. They live in Oregon, we live in Massachusetts, and we found out almost like within weeks of each other that we had Noonan syndrome, they both had uh, juvenile leukemia um and so my wife and her connected actually through like a um through a support group and like watching their advocacy journey it was like oh like i like started following hers and so like you know you just kind of like like oh what, what's this about and you start getting entrenched in like mm. meeting people or posting something and you're like oh there's other people like me like yeah uh it's very therapeutic i thought so it was
0: that was that was a moment where you were like, Okay, I'm not I'm not alone in this world. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Kind of like pulled you back into kinda of like, okay, like I don't have to kind of I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole now. I'm I'm like there is someone out there, a child that is very very similar to my situation that I can relate to. Yeah. Um, was there like you you said you, interesting in that you said like it was the the mum you found the mum. Yeah. Um. And was was there like but what about from the dad side from how how is that looked like and what is your perception of
1: yeah why, okay why, so. why
0: kind of the dad, the dad scene and why why it is the way it is
1: yeah so I, I don't know the dad wise it's like i what i've done in the past i would say that's changed for me in the past maybe six months um mm. where i've been so much more purposeful in how i've advocated um The journey in it was like, it began with me just like doing fundraisers for kids cancer and shaving my beard and posting a lot about Noonan syndrome, you know, like I, like my Facebook uh, and Instagram were like, I'm sure people were vastly annoyed with the amount of data and pictures and posts I was doing. (laughs) I always think like, oh, good grief. Like people must be like, dude, we get it. We get it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I, I honestly, I, it, it, one, it, like, it felt really good internally to process out some of like my emotions. I, I don't do well with human interaction of like sharing emotions, but what I found is like, I can write out my emotions into these mm. posts and like, it feels a little bit safer. It feels a little bit more protected. Mm. Um, and so I would like, I do these like little, like, like, let it, let it like pressure relief out like Mm. um so when i first started advocating it was just like i would i get messages from all sorts of people but it's very it was very rarely ever dads um and so what i what i did discover was like the few that reached out it was like super impactful like Mm. those those dads like and and horrible like you know super sad like results like both dads they lost their sons and uh it's funny how like these people who you don't know how deeply they affect your life so i think mm. about like octavius and tate and wolfgang like these people reached into your lives that you're like i don't they don't know me but i'm out here so like they especially as dads like they'll reach out and they're like oh there's another dad doing this there's a dad who i can mm. actually talk to because there was none of that mm. um i have a fairly comfortable time like Connect, emotionally connecting with women like it doesn't bother me mm. um i think that's because i am an empath but i feel like what i'm a safe place for dads because it's like oh there's a dad who's doing the same thing that these women are doing like maybe i'll reach out to him mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so my my experience has been i've been the dad that i <laughs> i had wished i had more contact with when i started my journey
0: <laughs>
1: um which isn't bad i mean i don't I, I honestly I love the fact that I've had these people come into my lives and you know obviously yeah. they've affected me pretty deeply so um now because I've broadened it out in the past six months to now I'm doing a lot more advocacy just in general. yeah um I've reached out to a few a few dads over the course of the past six months where now I've exchanged numbers with them, which I never would have done previously mm. and just checked in. Just said hi, you know, little things. So. Yeah. Why do you? Why? Can we talk about that?
0: Because I, I, am I think I'm on the same page with this. Is that um, dad's kind of just checking in? Dads who are on the same kind of, who live in the same kind of arena, zone, world, whatever analogy we want to use with this, right? Um, is the we. I think dads we kind of feel like we are can feel that we don't quite know how to engage with other dads,
1: yeah, I guess yeah, that's probably I don't know if that's like the the way we're we're wired or if it's the way society pushes us to be wired, um. Mm. I, I, you know, emotional emotional aspects of the male life, right, are aren't like the highlight of what are discussed or are tropes that are trained into us. So mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit more uncomfortable. Um, I think
0: well, cause, cause I th- guys, sorry, was I going to say guys can sit down and talk about sport?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. no problem yeah. at all.
0: Yeah, sit down and talk all day about that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, but it's the kind of talking about um the the real stuff that actually affects us on a kind of a daily kind of basis um and you know being able to like um have a have a real conversation about how how hard it is and actually the other person being able to empathize Knowing that they kind of empathise with how tricky it is for us um, yeah. as dads, because mums can 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 have that uh, accessibility to that. I feel it's yeah.
1: um, easier. I think. Yeah, for sure. I think empathy is like one of those things where, like, it's a really it's a dangerous thing for. It's like not dangerous. It's just a scary thing to get into for yeah. men. Because it's like the second you start tapping into that tapping into that like it it opens up a, it becomes like a like it opens up doors that maybe you weren't sure you wanted to open um and mm. sharing your, yourself right so mm. it's like it becomes a point where you're like all right how much do i want to share with this person like yeah am, am i safe to um yeah i feel like women have a more nurturing nature in general and so it like there's a safety in it so when you do feel like there's a a woman who's like pouring into that empath nature and like you feel safe and comfortable sharing it's probably more so because it's like it's ingrained that like this is a safe space Mm. um whereas men tend to be a wild card right like you can be Mm. a very kind person but like once it gets into the emotional aspect they're like okay like like, that's too much. And that's, yeah. that I think is more hurtful than, like, I'd rather, I'd rather it be like nothing than have somebody say, like, okay, well, like, that's too much. Cause that, I, that's where I feel like it hurts. So I mm. think that's why as men, it's like, you like, who's, who am I cool? Who's safe to actually get deep with?
0: Yeah. That's the tricky one, isn't it? Because it's like trying to find, like we 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 trying to kind of analyze and kind of pick out why we why we don't why I don't do this kind of stuff and I I think it's the sometimes not all the time is it's like we um we don't quite know where to start I think as well as we don't quite know it'd be like hey man like so you got your kid yeah. here? Like, what's up with your kid, man? Like, you know, that just seems like a a weird way to start a conversation for us dads. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. Rather than being like you're at a you're at a game, like, hey mate, like who do you support? Like, you know, that's yeah. way easier oh, that's... to start a conversation with, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um and so the challenge for us is to, you know. When we're when we're sitting in a in a waiting room, um, taking our kids somewhere for for therapy or for a, you know um, whatever, is it to if there's another dad, it's like, hey man, like how you doing, like you know, and it's up to the other it's up to the other dad to see how he how he goes with it, but I think yeah. it's I think there's so many dads just who are just dying to kind of have that conversation, but they don't know. How to start it, and they're not. They don't. They don't know how to start it. They yeah. are, are scared of kind of starting up that conversation.
1: Yeah, I, I I definitely get that aspect. Like I I can do it a lot easier over over text over written. Yeah, it's the it's the that that I can do easy. Like mm-hmm. I think it's because it's like it doesn't feel real. Like there's a mm-hmm. there's a loose connection to uh, putting my emotions and feelings into pen. Uh, whereas, like, interpersonal, um, as an introvert, <laughs> as a staunch introvert, yeah. um, doing that in person, it's like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't even like talking to anybody. Oh, <laughs> well, you're doing pretty yeah, well talking... today, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's very, I always say, like, it's um, one specific type of people, like, personality-wise, get a good personality. It's a lot, It's a lot easier. Um, but yeah, it's being able to be vulnerable. You got to be in a very good space for that. Yeah. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, that is so true. Um, like do you, so do you have like, so guy friend wise, like lifelong friends? Like, do you have those connections still where it's like somebody you've known for 20, 30 plus years?
0: Yeah, I, I do. Um, I've got I've got a couple. I don't have I don't have so many. I've probably got um, 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 kind of regular. When I say regular, I, 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 regular contact is a um guy I have met um, I've known since uh, my London days. So it's uh back in like from two thousands from the two thousands. Um, and he doesn't even live in Japan, so we we kind of you know. Yeah, I'll run run comms um, through uh, like WhatsApp. But um, I think one of the challenges that I I I have is to be able to uh, myself to kind of have that have a conversation with someone to kind of you know. Just pick up the phone yesterday. I needed to do this. I needed to, I wanted to talk to a friend of mine. Um, and he wasn't available. Yeah. Time difference wasn't available. Wow. Um, because the last two days was what, well, um, day before, day before yesterday was Jamie's birthday. Oh, happy Birthday. Um, yeah, thanks, man. And so, previously, leading up to the birthday, I had felt a bit kind of like just not, not, not kind of great about it. Um. And this year, I was actually doing alright. Yeah, I was actually doing alright with this. I was like, I think I'm, maybe I've kind of turned a bit of a corner with this. I'm, you know. Anyway, um, birthday arrives and I, I, I kind of placed these expectations on myself.
1: That's how you were going to be.
0: Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to make his, um, his dinner, his, he loves speedy bolognese. So I was like, I can do this. So I, I made it, I was like, okay, I'm going to, like, I could have just gone and bought a pasta sauce and I could have just dumped it in there and, you know, made it, made it tasty. But yeah. I, But I decided to put extra kind of um, myself into it, extra, extra pressure on myself. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go and do it from scratch. Yeah. And... So that's what I did. I kind of started in the morning, and I it kind of, you know, did all that. And anyway, um and then I went. There was a cake. Then it was like, okay, so I'm going to go and grab a cake. Normally, we we we. I decided to not get our cake from the normal shop. Go to a different cake shop. Yeah. I sh- I you know I have to just. I'm trying to, like. Like I'm trying to do it for him, but I'm also trying to do it. I'm, I'm like, for yeah, it's yeah, it's me, right? But I'm like, I I gotta. That was half the problem. So I ended up just. I just didn't enjoy it. I just didn't enjoy it. The whole process. He, I just the whole the whole day I just didn't enjoy, it. and I felt yeah. like, um, he enjoyed his day. Yeah, he actually enjoyed his day. But he probably would have enjoyed it, but more if I was present um, yeah and just enjoying it with him whereas yeah um i got so caught up in the fact that i was trying to
1: do this special thing do this yeah, yeah. be
0: be you know wanted to be um dead and and you know um yeah so i kind of feel like and, and that, so that sat with me for like two days um oh. monday tuesday and it was, today is actually the first day i was about to i was about to cancel you today because of this. <laughs> um because i was like i don't know if i can like you know if i can can do this because my head just wasn't yeah it wasn't like, in the right space in the right space because but i i woke up this morning i was like i think my i, I feel like i'm not carrying my body around my head's not carrying my body around anymore I feel like I'm actually kind of I'm all there you know um and it's and that is I don't have that feeling for my for my youngest birthday yeah it's like that's a different it's it's just it's not it's totally different
1: yeah no I think that's the thing that's been like the the hard realities of raising a kid with special needs are with uh whatever challenges that we're facing right it's like there's expectations that you've you've most of most of the issues usually come back to us uh, i yeah. i or at least yeah. mine have it's like yeah. they are they are blissfully unaware of like 90 percent of the things that we are like working so tirelessly to do mm. and so there's times where i'm like i yeah you you, i end up like frustrated like i'm sitting there like do you know what i've just been through for this and you're like god like and they're like i don't i don't care i don't give a shit like you could have done none of that and i still would have been happy and you're like oh great so who is this for who who am i working for yeah but i think it's like like so for logan it's like there's like these i think it's like you we have to do constant check-ins of like where our expectations are where are where we're looking and what we're expecting out of him and for him um and i i would say i guess like for you it's like birthdays are like those like pivotal moments of like okay it's like this age this is what what we've expected what we want some things change some things don't and you're just like okay well here's another year how is this going to look what's mm. going to be different how are we going to make to the next and um i I think i was so i think i was
0: so impressed with myself leading up to it
1: i think because you felt so good
0: because i was like fuck i fucking nailed this one like yeah here i am on the i'm on the 23rd of april and i'm not feeling and even i spoke to my wife about it. i said you know i just i feel good i don't feel kind of a you know down or you know shitty or whatever and she said yeah yeah, yeah you seem all right. 24th wake up boom yeah.
1: and it yeah. was was it, it right I, away
0: it was i almost feel like it, I, I like i i think it was when i started um yeah i think it was i think it was and i and it was just like getting the kids up because they I had I had school and so yeah. and then i was like okay i got to make this I was, I was, i've got to make this pasta sauce as I was str- that pressure was on me to kind of perform to be yeah and I so yeah. that was on me that was like me to, I could have been like yeah like you know um so i made it about me and that kind of potentially kind of ruined uh, for me um his br- the enjoyment yeah. of his birthday because i could have just been like yeah this is like you know i just go and mix i just go and buy some pasta sauce and just yeah fucking, it would be fine yeah like it'd be fine and and he enjoyed it and i remember yeah. sitting we sat there at dinner and he had but we had the pasta sauce and i remember i was like you know i was like this is so bland <laughs> <laughs> and i love cooking by the way so oh I do man it. i love cooking yeah so and so i'm like yeah you know, and I hadn't done this one before. I hadn't, so I actually called, I had an, I got an Italian friend and I kind of had called him. I got on the, I actually said, I said, can you tell me how you make it? Because he was like, you know, he makes it this amazing pasta sauce, um, bolognese sauce. And so I was like, oh fuck, I'll get him on board. And so he, I'll get him to tell me. So he he had like uh, typed up this whole thing, copied it from the internet, and then he had voiced, recorded himself like telling me the ingredients of it all. Oh my gosh. And, so, I'm like, got the kids off to school. That's always a stressful moment. And then get home and I'm like, well, I got to cook. And then I'm like, fuck, I've got two and a half hours before the kids get back because they had a half day, which was good and bad. And and then it was yeah. just like, because then you're rushing. And so, all this, all this kind of things on me, you know, and
1: I've just created yeah. myself. Like, I could have. I think just... the thing that, the thing that's, um, thing that I think you should try to like look back at is like, there's, um, this deep love and the, the passion to do something so meaningful for someone you love so deeply. Right. So it's like, you know, it, it sucks because like you, you lost out on just actually enjoying it. Um, but like the purpose behind it is, is absolutely beautiful. Right. So it's like you lose out on that, that instant moment, right. You've lost mm-hmm. out on being able to actually enjoy that specific time that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the hours leading up to when you were sitting down to eat it. But like, I think there's beauty in like the time that you spent preparing beforehand, getting your friend on board. It's like you got to look at it like a like a pendulum. Like mm. that was just the the end swing. Right. Like yeah. all this was just pure, just pure love and passion for your son. Um, I think that sometimes it's tough like. You you have those moments where it's super frustrating and it's like you can't look past that frustration because it's it it hurts. It's just it kind of fucking sucks the life out of you, right? Like mm-hmm. you've walked around for two days feeling like shit because of it. Yeah. Um, but like I i think that the 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 remaining thing is still like there's so much deep love. Like I don't ever remember my dad sitting down to make a meal for me, period. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's like that's there there is something beautiful there. Mm. I think you're right. I think if, if there's, like, uh,
0: I, I, when they were sitting, when we were sitting down eating, and, like, if there's one thing, like, well, maybe not one thing, two things I can take away from it, is that my, my youngest, he normally doesn't like spaghetti bolognese, because he finds it, like, I later found out, because he finds it too sweet. Because oh. he's stuff because they had, like, they, if you if you buy a regular pasta sauce they add like sugar into it so it's really yeah. sweet, right? So anyway, so maybe I should, you know, pat myself on the back because he said like I actually like this. He said, Yeah. Um because it's not sweet. You know. Oh. um I was like So you did all right. So I was like, okay, maybe I should fucking take that win because like <laughs> yeah. um and I and I did take that win, but I didn't I, I, I you know i didn't kind yeah. of take it on enough you know um,
1: no it's, it's not easy to just like decide you're going to take it on right like, mm. like it's like we, we are like living very challenging lives at times and with we, we cha- we're tackling things that like nobody wrote a wrote a book on how to handle this like and specifically because we're all super individual people right like mm. the things that are going to affect you aren't going to affect me sometimes well, yeah and that's just reality yeah but, but we're left now trying to navigate this world that we're just thrust into. The doctors are just like, here's your kid. Good luck, Godspeed. And you're like, okay, this is awesome.
0: Cheers, mate, yeah, thanks for that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate all your support and handing me a baby. Well, I really hope you're enjoying it
0: because part two comes out next week. Stay tuned. have it another dad talking about life as dad to their child which has special needs extra needs disabilities how good was that well there are more dads out there like that and we need to hear them and they need to feel like they are not alone in this this is why I do this podcast so if you know a dad Please share it with that dad or with the mum. As long as it gets into the hands of them, that's where it needs to be. All right. Thanks again for listening. I also am looking for dads to be on the podcast, like this one. So if you are a dad or if you know someone, yeah, maybe they might want to share their journey as well. So please get in touch by either the Facebook pages, on Instagram, or on email. The email address is lifewithjamieandmore at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Take care. Be good to yourself. Look after yourself. Be kind. And we'll hear from you soon.